Hey, thank you for listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are streamed. You can also visit PraiseChapelLasVegas.com and follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas to stay connected with PCLV. Thank you again for listening. Here comes today's message. Amen. And so uh, we're going to get to the word. Amen. We're going to finalize. Amen. And wrap up our series that we've been in on legalizing God. And so hopefully you guys have picked up some things and learned some things. Amen. uh, On this. Amen. And and any questions, please text me on anything, man. We can try to get that straightened out. But tonight I want to wrap up our series on legalizing God. You got to remember, church, that God is looking for a body in order for Him to be legal here on earth. Um, you can listen to the full series on our podcast on PCLV Real Faith Radio, on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and catch up on the full series. Amen. But I minister how Christ came to the earth legally through the body of Jesus. Amen. Ever since the fall of man, man, God has always... Uh, tried to, he's, he worked his way back through generations in order to give his son to save us from the curse of sin. Now in John chapter 3, verse 16, it says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Amen. The Lord needed a body because spirits don't die and spirits, listen church, don't have blood. Jesus had the body and Jesus had the blood, come on somebody, to be the final sacrifice to pay off the debt of our sins. He came to save, not to condemn church. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 27 says this, But Jesus did this once and for all when he offered himself as a sacrifice for people's sin. So Jesus, we're here at the story now, and Jesus gets baptized where we left off last week on Sunday, and he was led by the Spirit to test the flesh, fasting 40 days and nights and tempted by the devil. And from there, Christ on the inside stands up. God on the inside gets up, and he's full of power. Amen. So this is where we, I'm going to pick up where we left on Sunday and then go from there. Now, now, three years later, somebody type in three years. Come on. Three years after Christ came out of the wilderness, Christ on the inside tells Jesus on the outside, we need to go to Jerusalem. We need to die for the sins of the world. We need some blood, Jesus. I need your blood, Jesus. I need you to die. In Hebrews chapter 9, 22, it says, Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. I'm here to let you know today that there is still power in the blood of Jesus. Amen. It still heals. It still delivers. It still protects. And it still saves, church. Come on. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. 
Christ on the inside tells Jesus on the outside. Now, when you get there, you're speaking of Jerusalem. When you get there to Jerusalem, you know, they're going to throw you a big parade. They're going to throw you a big party. But a week after that, things are going to change, Jesus. They're going to rough you up. They're going to beat you down. They're going to whip you. They're going to pull on your beard. Jesus, they're going to mock you, spit on you, and they're going to put a crown of thorns on your head. Then after that, they're going to drive nails through your hands and feet. And they're going to pierce your side with a spear. But Christ tells Jesus, but I promise you one thing. I won't leave you and I won't forsake you. I will see you through. So Jesus kind of just says, oh, I'm down. Let's do this. Just like many of us, come on, when we get excited, amen, and we get pumped up after a service, yeah, I want to do something for Jesus, but then a week goes by and it's a different story now. Hallelujah. But on the way, Jesus starts thinking about the whole thing. Everything that Christ was telling him. Beaten, nails, thorns, spear. Oh my. Come on, somebody, somebody say hello. Come on, just like the flesh, just like us, right? Come on, we we want to we want to be uh, we want to be uh, doing our things for the kingdom of God. We're excited. We want to be do this for God, to do that for God. But then also everything: prayer, reading, studying, living holy. Oh my! Come on, somebody! Come on! You see, his flesh was saying, "Oh man, it's gonna hurt. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I want to do this." So Jesus says, "You know what? I gotta pray." I think that's something that all of us need to do when our flesh rises. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, type in amen. Come on, that's something that we need to do. When that flesh is rising up, that old woman is rising up. That old man is rising up, guys. Come on, it's time to hit our, get on our knees. It's time to seek God, amen, because that flesh is going to do something. Come on, somebody say yes. Yes. Thank you. So Jesus takes a detour to the Garden of Gethsemane. And he tells the Father, Father, the Spirit is willing. The Christ inside is willing. But the flesh, Jesus on the outside, thinking, man, this is going to be painful. I don't know if this is going to happen. So in Luke chapter 22, 39 to 46, it says this. And Jesus went, to, went out as, a, as usual to the Mount of Olives. And his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you don't fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throne beyond them, knelt down, and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. That's the flesh. Yet not my will, but your will be done. That's the spirit. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. And then he rose from prayer, went back to his disciples, and found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? He asked them. Get up and pray so that you don't fall into temptation. Come on, same question to all of us right now. Sometimes for some of us here, why are you sleeping? Come on. In other words, why aren't you praying? Amen. Why aren't you seeking me in this time of hour, in this dark hour that all of us are in? Amen. You should be praying and you should be seeking God right now. Why are we sleeping? 
Jesus tells the Father, not my will. Somebody say, not my will. Type in, not my will. Come on, type in, now, thy will. Come on. That's what Jesus told him. He goes, not my will, but thy will be done, God. When Jesus prayed that prayer, church, let me tell you what happened. He lined himself up to the Father and to the Son and up to the Holy Spirit. And now let's, let's go fast forward a little bit to Calvary now. Jesus gets crucified. They lay Jesus on a wooden cross and they start driving the nail through his hand. And I mean, he's feeling it, it's hurting. But the Christ on the inside tells him, just a couple more nails, Jesus, just a couple more nails, just, just hang in there. And they drive those last nails on the other hand and on, the, on his feet, and he's feeling the pain. On Calvary that day, they raised him high and they stretched him wide, church. And the Christ inside of him tells Jesus, see, see that soldier over there? The soldier with the spear? And Jesus struggling in pain saying, yeah, I see him. Well, in a little while, he's going to come over and he's going to pierce you in your, in your side. And when he does, Jesus, for the first time in our relationship, I'm going to leave you. But I promise I'll be back in three days to raise you. In John chapter 19, verse 34 says, Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. See, the spear in the side is very important here, church, and I want you to pay attention to this. In John 19, 34, it says, Now it was a day of preparation, and the next day was to be a special Sabbath, because the Jewish leaders did not want bodies left on crosses during the Sabbath. And they asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. And the soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus. And then the other, uh, those of the other. But when they came to Jesus, they found that he was already dead. They did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. So let me, let me give you a little, little insight about the piercing of the spear here in the Scripture. Now, understand, church, that there's a lot of, a lot of things that are symbolic in the Word of God. Let me show you a little, little ready that I got from studying this message. Amen. Now, did you know that the first person born on earth after God created Adam was not from a woman? Some of you guys are saying, What? Someone type in, what? <laughs> it's not from a woman. The first person was from a man. If you look back at Genesis chapter 2, 21 to 22, it says, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs from the side and then closed up the flesh in its place. And then he bought, then the rib which the Lord God has taken from man, he made into woman, and he brought her to the man. The Bible says here that God caused Adam to fall into a deep sleep. He pulled a rib out of Adam's side and formed woman. Come on. So right here, right here in the garden, we have our first C-section. 
Come on, somebody. Not from a woman, but from a man. In Genesis 2, 23, And Adam said, Now this is bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Amen. I want you to hold on to that, church. So when the Roman soldier pierced the side of Jesus, I believe that he was reopening the womb of God once again. Meaning that it was going to be a second birth to the human race, church. That through the bleeding side of Jesus Christ, we shall be born again. Come on, somebody. Come on, we shall be born again. Come on. And it's also to fulfill the scripture. Uh, 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 fulfill the scripture in, in Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10. And they looked upon me, the one they have pierced. In John 19, 36, it says these, These things happen in fulfillment of the scripture that says, Not one of his bones would be broken. Amen. Or will be broken. Amen. Here speaking of Christ. So Jesus at that time cries out, It is finished. Come on, someone type in, It is finished. His body slumps down. And Jesus dies. Now I want you to listen, church. Jesus died that day. Not God. Not Christ. Come on, they never died on the cross. But Jesus died on the cross. After that, the Bible says that Christ goes down to the downstairs to the underworld. And this is how I picture it, okay? Come on, Christ walked through the halls of hell. And walks up right into the throne of Satan. And the devil tells him, what are you doing here? You're illegal. You can't. You have to die to come here. And Christ tells him, well, I got a body upstairs on ice. Come on, somebody. And, G and Satan says, well, you got a sin to come here. And Christ said, you know what? I took on the sin of the world. And the Christ tells the devil, you know what? I've come back to take back the, the keys to hell, death, and the grave. And Christ grabs the keys from the devil and says, you know what, I'll be back and I'll deal with you later. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 54 to 55, it says this, amen. And then the saying as it is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? But thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Come on, somebody type in, Amen. Hallelujah. See, Christ started walking in the underworld and started bringing up people who have died in faith. Come on, in Matthew chapter 27, 52 says this, And the tombs were opened, and the bodies of many holy people who have died were raised to life, and they came out of their tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. Wow. Hallelujah. God was raising people from the dead when he was being raised up himself. Amen. Then on the third day, somebody type in third day. Christ stops by the tomb where Jesus is at. And he walks inside that tomb and there in that tomb lay the, the lifeless body of Christ. And I, I, I see this as Christ sits at the, the feet where Jesus' body was laying. And I picture him like this, just falling back. 
right into Jesus. And this is all of a sudden uh, I see, this is what I, what I see, this is what I, I'm looking at, this is how I picture it, church, uh, that Jesus starts to beginning to move his fingers. His eyes open up and he sits up. And Christ on the inside asks Jesus on the outside, how do you feel? Come on. And Jesus says, I, I feel pretty good. I, I got a few added holes, but, and I'm talking about piercing here, guys. I got a few added holes, but, but I, I feel okay. Church, those scars in his hands and feet, church, are a reminder what he did for mankind. That there is one man in heaven named Jesus. One mediator between God and man, Jesus Christ. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, it says this, For there is one God, one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ is our Redeemer, church. Come on. And the devil can't do anything about that. He is our Redeemer. Amen. Jesus gets up from that tomb. Come on, the stone rolls away, amen. And then he appears before his disciples. Come on, they're scared and they're thinking it's a ghost, it's a spirit. But look what happens in Luke chapter 24, verse 37 to 41. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. And, they said to, and he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do, you doubt, why, why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It's me, myself. Touch me and see. A ghost or a spirit doesn't have flesh and bones. See, here I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and feet while they were still not, uh, not believing, but because of joy and, and amazement, they asked, he asks them, do you have anything to eat? Come on, somebody. Come on, Jesus, tell me, I'm not a spirit. I, I, I'm legal. Come on, spirit don't have flesh and bones, but touch me. Touch me. Look, right here, feel me. I'm flesh. And then you ask him, do you have any grub? Come on, I haven't ate for a few days. You know, he's hungry. Spirits are not hungry. Flesh eats. Come on, here's Jesus in the flesh, risen from the dead. And he tells his disciples, you know what? I'm going to go up to paradise. I'm going to intercede for you night and day. But I promise you, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I won't leave you as orphans. In John chapter 14, 16 through 18, it says this. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. He will, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive because they, it neither sees him or knows, knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. And I will never leave you as orphans, and I will come to you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Somebody type in all things. And bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. So Jesus tells them in that meeting there as he comes and appears with them, he goes, I want you to go to the upper room. And I want you to wait there till the Comforter comes. Because the Holy Spirit needs a body, church, to be legal. You guys, he says, you guys are going to be those bodies. And so they agreed and they gathered 
120 of them. And they go up to the upper room. And Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4, it says this. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And all of a sudden, a sound from heaven, as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as, as a fire, and one sat on, upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Come on here. Here they are in this upper room. Amen. God, Jesus tells me, you know, I want you to wait there. The comforter's on its way. He's going to come. And on the day of Pentecost, as they're sitting there, as they're praying and seeking in God, amen, all of a sudden, amen, the Holy Spirit gets a little radical, amen. He blows in there. He opens up the windows. He blows inside there, amen. And tongues of fire rested on each of them, amen. And they began to speak in, in other tongues, amen. The Holy Spirit filled them. Hallelujah. Come on. The Holy Spirit needs a body. On the day of Pentecost, 120 bodies were filled with the Holy Spirit. That day, the Holy Spirit became legal here on earth. Did you know, church, that the only institute, the only institute that makes God legal here on earth is the church? It's a church. Come on. Do you know why the devil wants to, to uh, abort 1.5 million babies a year here in the United States? Because the Holy Spirit needs a body. We like to blame the devil. But the truth is the devil, his demons need a body as well. Come on. Spirits cannot do anything without a body. The same thing with the Holy Spirit. It needs a yielded vessel, a body in order to make him legal. The devil wants people, come on, to be caught up on drugs, alcohol, lust, kill, steal, etc. He needs a body to make him legal. The devil wants us to get caught up in adultery, amen, fornication, amen, because he needs a body to make him legal. Our bodies, somebody say my body. Our bodies weren't made for drugs. We're not made for cocaine. We're not made for alcohol. We're we're not made for all that other junk that's out there, church. Our bodies were made for God. We were made for His pleasure. Did you know that? God made you for Him. God made you for Him. Every one of us here. Come on, He made us for him. In Revelations chapter 4, verse 11, it says, You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. You were created, you created all things, and they exist because you created what you please. God's looking for a body. The Holy Spirit is looking for a body to dwell in church. In these days here, we, we, we're giving our body to something, church. Let's give it to the Holy Spirit. Let's give it to God. Let's become the vessels that make Him legal here on earth. That they can see Christ through us. Come on, they can, they can see God through us. We can, we can give this world hope. Well, we don't need to panic or let fear grip us. 
You know, we are the people that this world needs to look at. A people of hope. They need to see God inside of us. God is looking for a body that He can dwell in church. You know, as I close tonight, the Holy Spirit wants to get legal on some of the situations in your life today. He wants to get legal in your situations and what you're going through right now, but He needs your body. Come on, the problem. If you're having a problem in marriage, stop whining. Come on, stop whining about your spouse and give the Holy Spirit your body and He will teach you how to love. He will teach you how to forgive. Come on, you got to give yourself your body to the Holy Spirit. Come on. If God is going to continue, listen church, to build His church, He's going to need a body. Listen, He's going to need a body, not a building. Come on. He's going to need a body. Come on, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit Church. We're the temple, hallelujah. We are the temple. The thing that makes the Holy Spirit legal is when we kick the devil out and says, you know what, I'm done with sin. I'm done with this junk. I'm done, amen. And now I'm going to present my body, come on, as a living sacrifice to him. I'm going to make... I'm going to make God legal in my life. Amen. God is looking for that today, church. God is looking for that. To make a body legal. To make him legal. He needs a body. Church, what are you going through today? What struggles are you going to, through right now? Are you trying to, trying to do it on your own? Because if you do it on your own, you're going to lose every time, church. If you offer your body to God, you offer your body to Christ, you allow the Holy Spirit to dwell inside you and fill you with the Holy Ghost power, church, then you can overcome those struggles. You can overcome those things. You become legal. Allow God to be legal in your life. Allow Him to be legal in your circumstances and watch those circumstances turn around, church. Just waiting for a body tonight. We need to make God legal. And somebody typed in, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Why don't we bow our hands with that?